0: I was drifting away on life's pitiless sea When the angry waves threatened my ruin to be When away at my side, there I dimly described A stately old vessel, and loudly I cried Ship a Ship ahoy, and loudly I cried, Ship ahoy. Well, once again, we say welcome aboard. It's good to be with you at this time. Brother Mun speaking. I program here called The Mariner's Call. This old Mariner calling out, especially from the Word of God. Calling out to those first believers trying to maybe ask the Lord to take the Word of God and have it to be a blessing to you. And also calling out to the sense that uh, the Word of God, as it's presented, Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me, trusting there can be someone that will listen today that will trust Christ as their Savior, or somehow the Spirit of God would cause conviction to fall, and you might see your need of eternal life. In the book of Psalms, Psalm chapter 27, our thought is going to come with we'll sort of do a little Bible study at this time. I don't know when you're listening to our program with the many stations that God has blessed us and allowed us to be. Uh, uh, a part of uh, sometimes it's morning, noon, night, whenever you're listening, God bless you for being there. Hey, if you ever like to correspond with us, maybe we say something that may, uh, you said, I'd like to have a conversation with this person. We're as close as the keyboard. It's that F-O-M-M dot O-R-G. That'll bring you to us here at Fishers of Men Ministries International. All right, FOMM.org, uh, here at Fishers of Men Ministries International, just a little simple website that's there. And if we can help you, be sure to feel you can correspond with us. Also, you can go there and get our address, and you can write all that. I love those letters as well as those emails and uh God bless you for just being there at this particular time. In the book of Psalms, Psalm chapter 27, uh, David now is speaking. He's magnifying the Lord. And I like what he says in verse 4, Psalm 27, 4. David said, one thing have I desired of the Lord. What is that, David? That will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, "'to behold the beauty of the Lord "'and to inquire in his temple.'" My, what a good verse. There's enough material there for two hours. Fisher Munn doesn't have two hours. We have just a few minutes here. So at least we can get two words here. What's the first two words that I read? Do you remember? Psalm 27, verse 4. One thing have I desired of the Lord.'" One thing. You know, with our rapid pace, we forget the importance of the one things in life. I've got so many things to think about and do that the one things get sometimes little attention. And yet, sometimes the one things in life are very important. It could be the difference between provision and poverty. It could be the difference between health and sickness. Could be the difference between victory and defeat. We're going to see here in a few minutes, could be the difference between heaven and hell. Just one thing. So let's look at that at this particular time. All right, first of all, with David, one thing have I desired of the Lord that I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. What, what is David saying? He wants to be in God's house. He'll be like the priest every day, all day. Why? Because in the Lord's house, was the very presence of God. And David wanted to get close to God, as close to God as possible. And said to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple, David wanted to be close to God. That was what he desired. I think a similar statement made in Psalm 73, verse 20, uh, 25, he said, there's none upon the earth that I desire beside thee. One thing desired, now, what do you desire? You know, if you don't watch it, our desires will be all twisted. i to be all involved in wealth and houses and lands and just basically things. And yet, David said one thing, one thing desired. He wanted to be close to God. Now, we think about this age, dwell in the house of the Lord. We could say, well, we could make reference to. Uh, somewhat spiritually, to the work of a local church. I I pastored so many years. I never did understand why people didn't love church. Now, you have to have a good church (laughs) uh, to love church, and you have to have a church where God is there, and you can sense the very presence of God, and you see the work of God in that place, and you get fed in this place. Now, you have to have that, and uh, there is so many so-called churches today that are oh, just uh sort of an imitation try to be the imitation of the real thing but oh if you have a good church uh what we can we can behold the beauty of the lord there in the sense of we see the greatness of god in the lives of other people as god changes people and we can inquire at his temple in the sense of instruction to be able to sit and listen I spent so many years in the pulpit. It's just different now. I have to spend most of my time, most of my time now is involved with missions, and so as far as church is concerned a lot of times, I'm not in the pulpit, I'm sitting in the seat, and I'm listening to the Word of God, and all the food that's there, and I'm just so anxious as verses are, are thinking about it. A lot of times in an expository way, verses are shown, and I'm just sitting there just taking it all in. How wonderful that is just to be in the presence of God. One thing desired, to dwell in the house of the Lord. What do you desire, sir? Don't you want to be close to God? In the book of Mark, Mark chapter 10, there's a young man there. It's on his, he's uh, Jesus is going from village to village. He gets down on his knees and he said, sir, what must I do to have eternal life? Jesus looked at this person and you know, saw his heart and saw his thoughts, wanted to know his motives. So Jesus said, he said, i tell you what, you just uh, keep the Ten Commandments. Uh, keep the commandments. And... Uh, the man said, I've done this from my youth up. Jesus said, well, I tell you what, uh, Jesus could look right into the heart of a person. He said, you take your wealth and give it to the poor and come follow me. What happened? All right. Jesus looked at this man and said, one thing thou lackest. Now, not one thing desired. One thing thou lackest. What was it? Oh He had wealth. He had morality, he kept the commandments, he had religion, you know, but he didn't have God. His trust was not in God. Jesus said there, Mark chapter 10 on down to verse 24, talks about those who trust in riches. His trust was not in God. Sir, are you saved? Where is your trust? Is your trust in things? One thing thou lackest, he did not have God. I like uh, John chapter 9, the story of the, the man that's sort of, well, well, he's blind, born blind. The disciples looked at Jesus and said, who did sin? This man or his parents. And Jesus said, no, 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 you got it all wrong. He said, this man is this way so oh, we can see the work of God here before long. What does Jesus do? Makes clay of a spittle or makes clay or takes clay and And, of course, I mix it with spittle puts on the man's eyes and said, you go wash in the pool of Siloam. And you know what? This blind man came seeing. Mistake. Oh, what, Brother Munt? Mistake. He did this on the Sabbath day. The Religious Fundamentalists of Christ Day jumped on that. And they went to this man and said, how did this happen? Who is this? He went to his parents, you know, is this your son, so forth, you know. How did all this happen? They finally put the man on the spot and said, sir, the man that's done this to you is a sinner. And he said, give God the glory. The man said something like this. He said, who this guy is, I do not know. How he did this, I do not know. But he said this, one thing I know. What was that? He said, "I was blind, and now I see." Isn't that good? This one thing I know: I was blind, and now I see. My friend, can you say that? Do you remember when you were blind? All the devil blinds the minds; were the Second Corinthians four four blinds the minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ could shine unto them? Like First John five thirteen, these things have I written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know. You know all kind of areas of beliefs as far as even Christianity is concerned, most of those would say, you cannot know. I'm glad I can be like the blind man. This one thing I know. I was blind, but now I see. I remember into the past, but I'm glad, amen, to have Christ in my heart. And the things of God now, oh, I'm not blind into. My eyes are open to these things, my friend, do you know? Uh, in the uh, book of Luke, Luke chapter ten, the story is told of Mary and Martha. You remember the story? Jesus uh, is going from village to village, and Martha hollers out, and "Said, hey, 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 Jesus, come, 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 be with us!" And Martha there jumps in and starts fixing a meal, and the sister Mary, now instead of going and helping her sister Martha. Uh, she just goes in there with Jesus and uh, sits down at his feet, and Jesus is, is speaking, and she's listening to him. And uh, Martha gets upset, and she says, Jesus, tell tell Mary to come in here and help me. And Jesus said, uh, Martha, Martha, one thing is needful. Now, what was that? There's a difference between, and there is a time for work, and there's a time for worship. Martha, Stop. Come sit at my feet. As far as work is concerned, I must be very careful that I develop my schedule in such a way that I do not miss out on that good part. Martha, don't miss out on that good part. What is that? to sit at the feet of Jesus. Martha, come sit at my feet. John chapter 9, yes, that was good. This one thing I know. Luke chapter 10, one thing needful. I like this one, Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. Uh, the apostle Paul is talking about uh, his past, and he talks about the future. And he said, this one thing I do. What? What? what what's he talking about? You can read it Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. What is that? What? All right. Uh, what he's going to do is he's going to put the past in the past. It's so important to put the past in the past and leave it there. Or you never have any Christian victory. This one thing I do, forgetting those things. Which are behind? The apostle Paul had to do that because, as far as Christianity is concerned, he had many of a child, many, many of God's kids. He had him beat and imprisoned and killed. I'm sure the devil hung this out in front of him so many times, and uh, oh, it was Saul back then, just persecuted the church. You can read about it in the book of Acts. How horrible of a man this must have been. How hated he must have been by so many people. Yeah. And, uh, but he said, what you do? He said, it's so important, all right, that without putting the past in the past, there'll never be any Christian victory. Some of you, your past is not very good. Just leave it alone. Leave it back there. Uh, many Christians, they sort of bury the past, but they just they leave out an arm or a leg, so to speak, a part of the body. Bury it all. Put it all in the ground, forgetting those things which are past. One thing desired. Oh, David said, I want to be close to God. One thing lacking. My trust needs to be in God. Then there's nothing lacking. One thing needful, instead of working so hard sometimes for God, Jesus would like to have us at his feet. One thing known, I was blind, but now I see. One thing to do, forgetting the past. Aren't those one things very important? Now, until next week, the same time, this is Fisher Munn saying goodbye.